show evidence of having been partially devoured by their murderers. Welcome to another episode of Murder with Friends, the podcast where I tell my friends my favorite true crime stories. We are going to have Miss Victoria on today, and we are going to be discussing the murder of Shanda Scherer. And don't forget, if you like what you're hearing, please leave us a five-star review. It really helps people find the podcast. And here we go. Hello. Hi. Hi, how are you feeling? Oh my gosh, I feel like I'm going crazy. I've been in the house since Wednesday with COVID, me and Marvel, so. <gasps> no, oh my gosh. So you've had it for about a week now. Yeah. A little I, over a week. Mm-hmm. So how's your new, new year been? Like, I mean, other than COVID, like, how's your 2022 been going? It's been okay. You know, I've been walking on my treadmill. Uh, Will, I cleaned out my office because it was just a wreck. I couldn't right. even get the gas. So I cleaned it all out and uh, Will put my TV in front of my treadmill. So I told him, I was like, look, if I'm not liking what you're watching, tell me to go get on my treadmill. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Just watch anime every night. <laughs> That's so funny. I've been watching, uh, I started Sex in the City, and I'm on season three now. Oh. And uh, as where, you know, Carrie is just now, um, like, dating Aiden. and I know, love Aiden. My favorite male character is Steve. Like, I love Steve. Yeah, I mean, he's not really in the new one. I mean, he is, but he's not. Like, yeah, it is. Yeah, they're mo- more focusing on like Miranda, but kind of bummed out. Not in it very much. To be such like an old man, and right, I didn't realize how old they had all gotten. Yeah, I mean, I guess they are, but he's like they're really playing his character out to be. Like... I know, poor guy, <laughs> senile, like literally, like he belongs in a home or something. It's awful, right? Oh my goodness. <laughs> Uh, how have you been? How's your new year been? It's actually been really good. Like usually with, you know, like New Year's, everybody's got like their New Year's resolutions of like, you know, like losing weight and, you know, other other stuff. And usually that's what mine is. But I'm like, I get lazy and I just don't do it. But like this year, I've been doing really good. I've been mindful of like, you know, like what I'm eating and exercising every few days and Spending less time on social media, being more present, you know, just be more mindful. And I'm trying to to get, like, this new, like, lifestyle going and really just live my life. Because I'm turning 30 this year. We need to be adults when we're 30. Right? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> when did that happen? <laughs> I just turned 29, and I feel like I just need to do more. Yeah, that's exactly how I'm feeling. For Before sure. I turn 30. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, I only got a few more months, but, you know, I'm doing what I can. <laughs> it's a mind fuck. It really is because I don't feel 30. No. Like, probably physically my body is, like, we're 30, but, like, mentally I'm still, like, early 20s. <laughs> so, we gotta gotta get that aligned soon, so... Yeah, it's, I've, I've been trying to do the whole healthy thing. I make it a point not to do like a resolution because I feel like if I don't do it, then I'm letting myself down, Mm -hmm. which if I don't do it, I'm letting myself down either way. Right. That way it's not like a big thing. Like, oh, didn't do my resolution this year and blah, blah, blah. Like it just, it piles it all on so I feel like it's also like a big pressure because it's like resolution for the whole year and it's like wow a whole year so you just gotta like take you know things that you want to work on like just day by day so it's not like this huge pressure and it's just okay well we have 24 hours to do what we set a goal to do and that's what we're gonna do not worry about yesterday not worry about tomorrow worry about the 24 hours ahead of you so I try to do like every other day like do a mile 
that's 30 minutes that's an episode of sex in the city you know that's a good idea like i do like a I put like a playlist together on YouTube of the fitness marshal mm-hmm. um, and I do like maybe an hour workout, but like I do that maybe two or three times a week because I noticed that the days that I work out, I want to eat healthy, but then I'll end up like not eating healthy because I'm like, I just worked out. I'm so hungry. <laughs> so I'm like eating everything. <laughs> like so especially I just, being stuck in the house, like my, bored. like my mom brings me food like, mm-hmm. I, I asked my mom to bring me, like, easy-to-cook food, microwavable food, because I don't want to touch it. Right. And then get, you know, everybody else sick. So right. I feel kind of shitty because I haven't been eating good, but I tried, like, yesterday. Oh, my God. So yesterday I ordered El Bronco to go, right? Mm. I got it delivered and everything. Like, I ordered it at, like, noon. But it wasn't going to be delivered till six. And I was like, okay. So I went ahead and bought it. And my mom bought me stuff to make Cosmopolitans. Oh, my God. So I walked on my treadmill. And I was like, okay. I walk on my treadmill. And afterwards, I get in the shower. By the time I get out of the shower, the food will be here. And then I get to eat El Bronco. And I get to make myself a Cosmopolitan. How fun. And my El Bronco, what, it literally tasted like they dumped the whole thing of salt on it. <gasps> no! It, you're looking forward to it all day. It was so bad. Oh, that's awful. So bad. And then um, I made myself a Cosmopolitan, and that was good. But the El Bronco was just, like, really cramped my style, man. And my brother and his family were here last night. Well, not here, but they're at my mom's house. So Will ditched me to go hang out with them. (laughs) I literally, I got off of my mom and I was like, yeah, Rodney was wanting you you to come over there. And I swear to God, I've never seen him leave so fast. (laughs) I'm getting the hell out of here. He was putting his game in his pocket, like the game in (laughs) his rollers and he goes are you sure like is this a trick are you gonna be bad and I'm like no please go <laughs> oh <laughs> well you know at least they have some fun I really hope you know you start feeling better soon and that like you know your next test comes out negative because I'm sure being stuck in the house like that is just driving you insane oh my god it's fucking torture like it was good for a week right and then now I'm like, okay, like, I gotta, I gotta get the fuck out of here. Yeah, you gotta feel better so we can go get some salads and Cosmos from from Applebee's. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel better. I really do. I feel better. But it's just, you know, gotta have that negative result, man. That's right. Yeah. Are you working from home or? Yeah, yeah. I'm working from home, uh, which means I don't get my raise and I don't get my commission when I work from home, so I got a pain. All the extra money I had come in is just like non-existent. Aww. And so I'm spending all my money on bills, and I can't buy food. And <laughs> what a pain! It's a pain in the ass. I'm COVID. I to cook. I hate that shit. I I hate to cook mainly because there's dishes afterwards. That's why you gotta you gotta clean while you cook. Huh? You gotta clean while you cook. So then when you're done cooking, there's no dishes to do except for everything's got food in it. No, fuck that. <laughs> <sighs> but we get tested again on Monday, so. Well, good. Fingers crossed it comes back with a negative. Yes, I hope so because I can't, I can't do this much longer. <sighs> All right. So, I told you that this week was going to be a little more brutal. Yeah. We've done some pretty brutal ones. So, I'm, like, really, really wondering what this one's going to be like. Yeah. What's it going to be about? Very, it's very, um, it's very brutal. And you might even know what I'm talking about. I, I don't know. But, uh. The case today is Shanda Sharer. 
No, I don't think I've heard of that one. So she was born on June 6th, 1979 in Pineville, Kentucky. Her mother and father were Stephen and Jacqueline Scherer. Her parents divorced and her mother got remarried and moved to Louisville for her fifth and sixth grade where she was a cheerleader and played volleyball and softball for St. Paul School. In June of 1991, her mom got divorced again and they moved to New Albany, Indiana. And that is where she attended Hazelwood Junior High. She was a normal, bubbly 12-year-old girl, and she made friends really easily. Um, There was this girl at her new school. Her name was Amanda Heverin. And they didn't get along at first. Um, She was 14 years old. Um, She acted out in school very frequently. Mm -hmm. She did not do well academically. Mm -hmm. She was not a good student. Um, They didn't like each other at first. They ended up getting into a physical fight. And um, Amanda was two years older. I mean, Shanda's 12. Oh, Jesus. And they went to detention together and ended up passing notes back and forth and became friends. Um, I do believe Shanda was the first one to write a note and was like, hey, I'm sorry. You know, she was a good person. And, um, they became attracted to one another. Oh. Now, yes, what messed all of this up was Amanda had an ex-girlfriend and her name was Melinda Loveless. Hmm. And that is exactly what she was. Absolutely fucking loveless. Very fitting. Uh, She was 16 years old. She was the youngest of three daughters. She was very angry all the time and took it out on everybody. She had a horrible childhood. Her father was violent and abusive to her mother. um, Beat her. Forced her mom to do orgies with co-workers. And he had her mom gang raped oh my god in front of them she tried to commit suicide after uh, her mom did Mm -hmm. both of her sisters and her cousins spoke in court about him molesting them there's no evidence that he inflicted his anger onto melinda but he did force Melinda to sleep in the bed with him till he moved out when she was 14. Yeah. He would also, like, whenever friends were around or family members, um, if he found the girl's underwear, he would embarrass them by smelling it in front of everybody. Ew. That's just, I mean... Just forcing her to sleep in the bed till she was 14, he was definitely doing something to her. Yeah. I don't care what you say. The family was deep into the Baptist church, and Melinda was arranged to be taken to a motel room alone with a 50-year-old man for a quote-unquote exorcism for five hours. Uh, What? Yes. Uh, Her father was caught by his wife spying on Melinda and one of her friends. Her mother attacked him with a knife when she found that out, and he ended up in the hospital after trying to grab the knife. And right after this, they got a divorce. He moved to Florida, and eventually he severed all ties with the family. And, I mean... Melinda was devastated. You know, her her dad was such a horrible guy, but it was still her dad. Right. 
uh, she slept with him every night, you know. I don't know. It's it's a crazy situation, but the three girls, Melinda, Amanda, and Chanda, they all wrote letters back and forth. Um, Amanda telling Melinda that she wanted her, and then Amanda also telling Chanda that she wanted her, Mm -hmm. and Melinda telling Amanda that she wants to kill Shanna if she doesn't leave them alone. A whole love triangle. Yeah. Um, Melinda telling Shanda to stay away from Amanda, and Shanda telling them both that she's not going away until Amanda tells her to go away. Mm-hmm. It's just a complete and utter hormonal teenage disaster. Total shit show. Because, yeah, from the outside looking in, like, it's childish, it's stupid. Like Right, but, you know, they, they all have, like, these feelings, and they're feeling them very, like, they're very intense feelings. I mean, yeah. Obviously. Do you remember when you were, like, 12, 14, yeah. 16? Like, that's that my man, you so know? so important. Right? That is my girlfriend, and I'm not going away until she tells me to. Right. Like, I could just feel that in my soul. <laughs> I totally relate. <laughs> but, like... Um, no, like, I'm sure we've all been there. Like, where, you know, you, you like somebody and somebody else likes them, and it's, like, jealousy. Like, that's... Not only that, but, like, you know, like, not... That's mine. That's mine. You can't have it. You know? So much jealousy. So much... Um, uh, what's like that's that? my territory. Yeah, territory. Yeah. And just... Oh, back in the day, man. <laughs> <laughs> the day. You felt those feelings hard. Oh, my God. So, of course, Shanda's grades started dropping because she was consumed with the triangle of drama. Right. There was a dance coming up at their school. Amanda told Melinda. <sighs> Amanda told Melinda that she wasn't going. Um, but instead, Amanda asked Shanna to the dance. Mm. Uh, of course, this got back to Melinda. Um, Amanda and Shanna showed up. I keep calling her Shanna. It's Shanda. That's so rude. <laughs> her name is Shanda. I'm so sorry. I cannot get that into my head today. Amanda and Shanda showed up together, and they had a great night. They were dancing and laughing all night, and... They were just feeling so over the top with feelings and love and happiness. And then, having a great night. Yeah. And Melinda showed up and confronted the two and threatened to kill Shanda. Oh, my God. After the dance, things just got worse. Uh, Melinda kept threatening Shanda in public and could not hold in her anger at all. Shanda's mother did not like her friendship with Amanda and her concerns were confirmed when she found very explicit letters from Amanda in Shanda's room. Shanda's parents called Amanda's parents and demanded that Amanda stop contacting their daughter. Of course, Amanda kept calling and writing. Because if you tell a teenage girl that she can't be with somebody, she's going to do everything in her power to be with. Exactly. And, you know, unfortunately, that's just how it goes. Mm-hmm. Hoping to keep Amanda away, they transferred Shanda to our... They transferred Shanda to Our Lady of Perpetual Help. It was an all-girls Catholic school. In the next few months, Melinda's anger grew and grew and grew. Because, you know, Shanda might be gone, but Amanda's really not messing with Melinda like that. 
Mm-hmm. And she's pissed. Right. And see, Melinda, it's all Shanda's fault. Yeah. Well, now enter three more people. All right. I'm going to name off three more girls. And this is where it gets kind of crazy. Their names were Lori Tackett, Hope Rippey, and Tony Lawrence. All right. Lori Tackett was 17. Her parents were extremely religious. She was claimed that she was molested at least twice in her life at ages 5 and 12. When she turned 15, she became rebellious. She was fascinated with a cult. Like, she loved the witchcraft and believed that she was a vampire. Oh, my God. Just, I mean, ridiculous. Okay. Teenage stuff. Yeah. Uh, She would often attempt to impress her friends by pretending to be possessed by the spirit of Dina the vampire. Wow. That's embarrassing. (laughs) Right? But that's such a teenage thing to do. It it really is. Um, She began to self-harm. She was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder and confessed that she had experienced hallucinations since she since she was a young child. Wow. Um, she dropped out of high school in 1991, which was just a year before all of this happened. All right. Um, there was Hope Rippy. She was 15. Her parents got divorced when she was seven. She started self-harming when she started hanging out with Lori and her pa- her parents found Lori just to be a very bad influence. Mm-hmm. Then last, there's Tony Lawrence. Tony was 15. She was childhood friends with Hope Rippy. She was abused by a relative at age nine, and she was raped by a teenage boy at 14. The police were only able to issue an order for the boy to keep away from Tony, which is absolutely ridiculous. She went into counseling after the incident, but did not follow through. She became very promiscuous and began to self-harm, and she even attempted suicide in the eighth grade. On January 10th, 1992, all of these four girls, well, all these three girls plus Melinda, were in Lori Tackett's car. And Melinda kept on and on about this girl named Shanda and how she wanted to kill her so bad so she could have Amanda all to herself. They, She even showed them that her knife and I was like, I want to kill this girl with this Oh, my knife. God. This knife is Shanda's. Shanda's. God, I keep being so rude. I don't mean to be, keep doing that. Okay. Shanda. 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 I've only been typing it for the past fucking week. <sighs> okay. So, the girls decided that they were going to trick Shanda into getting in the car with them so that they could teach her a lesson. They pulled up at Shanda's dad's house where she was spending the weekend. Hope went to the door and told Shanda that Amanda was in the car and she really wanted to hang out with her. Shanda told her midnight when she knew her dad would be asleep and so she could get ready. Mm-hmm. So they left and came back. Uh, Melinda hid under blankets in the back seat. Hope told Shanda that they knew how crazy their relationship was. So they're going to meet up with Amanda at a place called the Witch's Castle. Uh, the Witch's Castle was just an abandoned um, an abandoned house in the middle of nowhere. Okay. So once she got in the car, she got in the back seat. And they started asking Shanda about her and Amanda's relationship. And then 
Melinda jumped out and put the knife to Shanda's throat and started interrogating her about the sexual relationship with Amanda. Oh my god. As they approached the witch's castle, Lori told the girls a local legend, saying that the castle was once owned by nine witches and that the townspeople burned the castle down to get rid of the witches. Just trying to scare her. Yeah. Um, Shanda was crying and they took her and sat, took her inside, bound her arms and legs with rope. Uh, Melinda Melinda taunted Shanda and told her how pretty her hair was and wondered how pretty she would look with it all cut off. Melinda started taking Shanda's rings off and handing them to each girl. Hope also took off Shanda's Mickey Mouse watch and started dancing to the music it played. Mm. I mean, a Mickey Mouse watch. It just, like, shows, like, how, like, really just like young and innocent Shanda kind of was. Right? Like, Lori claimed that the witch's castle was filled with human remains and Shanda's should be next. As she lit a smiley face t-shirt on fire that she got out of the car. Like, how scary. I'd be so terrified. Oh my like, god. That, I couldn't even imagine that happening. That's like, that's like a movie. Exactly. Um, the girls feared that the fire would get attention from the passing cars, so they all left. During the car ride, Shanda, Shanda began begging them to take her home. Melinda ordered Shanda to take off her bra and handed it to Hope. And Hope took off her own bra and replaced it with Shanda's while she was steering the car. That's strange. Yeah. They became so lost. So they and covered Shanda with a blanket while Lori went inside to ask for directions. Tony called a boy she knew in Louisville and talked for several hours to calm her nerves. But of course, she didn't say anything about Shanda. Right. They started driving again but became lost for a second time, so they stopped at another gas station. There, Tony and Hope spotted a couple cute boys and chatted with them before again getting into the car and going to an abandoned building off of an old logging road in the woods behind uh, Lori's family property in Madison. Wow. So they've took this girl into this witch's castle like scared her to death got her in the car took her bra off took all of her rings her watch I mean just scaring her Mm -hmm. that's 12 years old these girls are 16 15 17 they all know better like, 15, 15. I cannot imagine being a 17-year-old wearing about a 12-year-old. Right? I like, couldn't. I couldn't. <sighs> All right. So, Tony and Hope were too scared to get out of the car. Melinda and Lori forced Shanda to strip down to her underwear and then made her kiss and touch the other girls. Then, Melinda beat Shanda with her fists and repeatedly kneed Shanda in the face, which cut Shanda's mouth on her own braces. She tried to slash her throat, but the knife was too dull. (gasps) Oh my god. Hope got out of the car to hold Shanda down while Melinda and Lori took turns stabbing Shanda in the chest. Melinda and Lori then strangled Shanda unconscious and placed her in the truck and told the other girls that she was dead. I can't even believe that. I have to breathe. Like, this is just... Like, you're, you're saying, like, all this stuff is happening. She's only 12. Like, my son is 12. I can't imagine that happening to him. Right? Exactly. It makes me sick. Ugh. 
So um, they drove to Lori's house and went inside to clean themselves up and get to something or and get something to drink. Then they began to hear Shanda screaming from the trunk. I mean, they're in the house and they can yeah. hear the scream. Lori went back outside with a paring knife and stabbed Shanda several more times. She came back in covered in blood. After she washed up, she told the girls fortunes with rune stones. Which I I tried to look up what rune stones were and it's basically like a bunch of stones and however the reflection hits is th- their fortune. I, I don't know. I, I couldn't understand it. At 2.30 a.m., Lori and Melinda went cruising in the car. They just went joyriding with, quote, unquote, a dead body in the trunk. Um, they could hear Shanda still crying and gurgling. So Lori stopped the car. And when they opened the trunk, Shanda sat straight up, covered in blood rolling in the back of her head and unable to speak. Lori beat her in the head with a tire iron. Oh my god. She felt her skull break. Shanda was silent again. Then held the weapon up to Melinda and said, smell it. Oh my god. There were also claims of them assaulting her with the same tire iron. And this went on for hours while the girls were on their joyride. Like they would go for a couple of miles and then they'd hear her back there. They'd get out and beat her. And this then girl is fighting back. for her life and these people are just so sick. Yeah, for hours. So Melinda and Lori finally returned back to the house before daybreak to clean up again. Um, Hope asked about Shanda and Lori laughingly described the torture. The conversation woke up Lori's mother who yelled at her daughter for being out so late and bringing the girls home. So Lori agreed to take them all home. She drove to the burn pile where they opened the trunk to stare at Shanda Tony refused to look at her. Hope sprayed Shanda with Windex and taunted her. You're not looking so hot now, are you? Oh my God. The girls drove to a gas station nearby. They pumped some gasoline into the car. They bought a two liter bottle of Pepsi. Lori poured out the Pepsi and refilled it with gasoline. They drove to a gravel road off of U.S. Route 421, a place that Hope knew that was, you know, kind of out in the middle of nowhere. Tony remained in the car while Lori and Hope wrapped Shanda, who was still alive, in a blanket, and carried her into a field. Lori made Hope pour the gasoline onto Shanda and then they set her set her on fire. Oh my god. Melinda was not convinced that Shanda was dead, so they returned a few minutes later to pour the rest of the gasoline on her. And then what do you think they did after that? They just like left her there. Yeah. They went to McDonald's. At 9.30 a.m. for breakfast, where they laughed about Shanda's body looking like one of the sausages that they were eating. Oh, my God. That's disgusting. I wouldn't even be able to eat anything. That's so crazy. Um, Tony then phoned a friend and told her about the murder. Lori dropped off Tony and Hope at their homes and finally returned to her own home with Melinda. She told Amanda that, or yeah, she told Amanda 
that they had killed Shanda and arranged to pick up Amanda later that day. A friend of Melinda's, Crystal Wathan, came over to Melinda's house and they told her what happened. Then the three girls drove to pick up Amanda and take her back to Melinda's house where they told Amanda what had happened to Shanda. That's awful. Both Amanda and Crystal were reluctant to believe the story until Lori showed them the trunk of the car with Shanda's bloody handprints and socks still present. That's just so fucking sad. Oh my god. Like there's no remorse. Like there's no feeling of regret. Like, oh my god, what did I just do? It's like no. they're all just awful people who yep. tormented and murdered a innocent little girl. It's it's absolutely just a And then sad just thing. and then it's just like... gossiping about it and spreading it around like it's no big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, of course, Amanda was horrified and asked to be taken home. When they pulled up in front of her house, Amanda or Melinda kissed Amanda and told her that she loved her and pleaded with her not to tell anybody. Amanda promised she would not before entering the house. Later on, the morning of January 11th, which is the next day, uh, two brothers from Cannon were driving towards Jefferson Proving Ground to go hunting when they noticed a body on the side of the road. They initially thought it was a mannequin. It's never a mannequin. Mm-hmm. Upon exiting the vehicle, realized that it was clearly a burned body of a child. Oh, my God. They called the police at 10.55 a.m. and were asked to return to the corpse. David Cam, who was later acquitted of his own family murders, was one of the responding officers in Jefferson County. Um, The county sheriff, Buck Shipley, and detectives began an investigation. They initially suggested that it was a drug deal gone wrong, but didn't believe the crime had been committed by locals. What? Well, that was before they could tell that it was a 12-year-old child. Okay. okay. I think. I was going to say, I don't... What? That, How that's could you... what I mean, that's what I hope, at least. Right? Um, it is also to be noted that her body was posed... In a suggestive position. Very obviously meaning that this was done on purpose. And yeah. with intention. Um, when they say suggestive position, I automatically think like her legs were spread open. Yeah. For everybody to see. Um. Shanda's father, Stephen, noticed that his daughter was nowhere to be found. After phoning neighbors and friends all morning, he called Shanda's mother at 1.45 p.m. And they met and filed a missing persons report with the Clark County Sheriff. At 8.20 p.m., Tony and Hope went into Jefferson County Sheriff's Office with their parents and they both gave very rambling statements identifying the victim as Shanda. Mm-hmm. Naming the two other girls who were involved they could. And describing the main events of the previous night. Wow. Well, at least, you know, they told somebody of importance. Yeah. At um, least they have a, a bit of a conscience there and felt yeah. something. Yeah. Um, at, I'm sorry, after an inter-county investigation, 
Sheriff Shipley contacted the Clarks County Sheriff's Department and was finally able to match the body to Sharon's missing persons report. They identified her by her dental records. Wow. That's so sad. That really is sad. Uh, Based mostly on Tony and Hope's statements, Melinda and Lori were arrested the very next day. All girls were charged as adults and took plea bargains to avoid the death penalty. Wow. Lori and Melinda were sentenced to 60 years in Indiana Women's Prison in Indianapolis. Lori was released in 2018 and served probation for one year. Melinda was released in September of 2019. Hope was sentenced to 60 years plus 10 years of minimum supervision probation. On appeal, a judge reduced the sentence to 35 years in exchange for her cooperation. Tony was allowed to plead guilty to one count of criminal confinement and was sentenced to a maximum of 20 years. Wow. These girls are free. Currently? Currently. There's no fucking way. All of them free. That blows my mind. No, that that blows my mind as well. Like there's You know, there there really are some things I believe in people do and go to jail and they, and then they deserve to be free because they've learned their lesson. But I just the things like this, I just you, you can't. I mean, I can, I can understand just being in the moment and being, you know, so fucking evil, more evil than you would think just because everybody else is doing it and it feel you have nobody judging you and, but this just went way too far. Yeah. Way too far. Y'all could have beat her up, let her go. Like you were like consistently beating on this girl and, and, and enjoying it and left her there to die and burn to death. Fire. She was there's a thing it's called um boxer's pose that where um when people are burned alive, their hands curl up and fists mm-hmm. in front of their face, like in the fetal position. Oh my gosh. Almost. But it's called boxer's pose, and that's what she was found in. Oh, that's awful. So after everything that they put her through, they burned her alive. And that is just unforgivable. I'm sorry. Um, during Melinda's sentencing hearing, uh, extensive open court testimony revealed that her father, Larry, had abused his wife, his daughters, and the other children. He was arrested in February of 1993 on charges of rape, sodomy, and sexual battery. Most of the crimes occurred from 1968 to 1977. Larry remained in prison for over two years awaiting trial. However, a judge eventually ruled that all charges except one count of sexual battery had to be dropped due to the statute of limitations, which in Indiana was five years. Um, he received a sentence of time served and was released in June of 1995. A few weeks following his release, Larry unsuccessfully sued the Floyd County Jail for $39 million, alleging that he had suffered cruel and unusual punishments during his two-year incarceration 
incarceration. Like, I'm sorry, you beat and rape your wife and children. Right? You're lucky you you weren't in jail longer. Everything. He, his complaints were that he was not allowed to sleep in his bed during the day or read the newspaper. Oh, no. Oh, no. And he died. Not the newspaper. (laughs) Yeah. Too bad for you. Larry Loveless died by suicide in December of 1998 after jumping off of an overpass in front of us. And he died at the age of 52. It's hard to, to feel bad that he died by suicide, considering everything that he's done. I hate that he died in front of a school bus. I wonder, I hope it didn't have children in it. That's dusty. right. Um, in October of 2007, Melinda's attorney, which was Mark Small, requested a hearing to argue for his client's release. He said that Melinda had been profoundly retarded. Quote, unquote, that wasn't my words. That's what the uh, attorney said. Jesus Christ. She was found that by childhood abuse and she had not been represented completely by counsel during her sentencing which caused her to accept a plea bargain in the face of exaggerated claims about her chances of receiving the death penalty. Which she should. I'm sorry. That's just ridiculous. No, I I completely understand, you know, having, being affected by your childhood trauma. I completely understand that, but it's just no excuse whatsoever to 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 brutally murder somebody. No, absolutely not. Um, like I said, all girls are free at this point. Tony was released mm-hmm. on December fourteenth, two thousand. After serving nine years, she remained on parole till two thousand two. Um, Hope was released from the Indiana State's prison on April 28th, 2006, after serving 14 years. She was on parole for five years. Um, Lori was released from the Rockville Correctional Facility on January 11th, 2018, which was the 26th anniversary of Shanda's death after serving nearly 26 years. And Melinda was released from the Indiana State's prison on September 5th, 2019 after serving 26 plus years in prison. Did any of them come, like, face-to-face with, with Shanda's family? I will get to that. Yes. Okay. Um, Shanda's father died of alcoholism in 2005 at the age of 53. In an interview with Shanda's mom on the Investigation Discovery series, Deadly Women, She stated that Shanda's father was so destroyed by his daughter's murder that he, quote, did everything he could to kill himself besides put a gun to his head. Oh, my gosh. That's awful. Yeah. And, um, quote, drank himself to death. The man definitely died from a broken heart. I couldn't even imagine. Um, No, me neither. The Shanda Share Scholarship Fund was established in January 2009. The fund, pl- the fund planned to provide scholarships to two students per year from Prosser School of Technology in New Albany, 
one scholarship to a student who is continuing his or her education and the other scholarship to a student who is beginning his or her career and must buy tools or other work equipment. Well, that's good. That's, that's a good thing that came out of it. Yeah. Um, by November 2018, Shonda's mother stated that the scholarship fund had been depleted and she is no longer accepting donations. So that is no longer. Oh, wow. No longer in, um, in effect. Um, in 2012, Shanda's mother made her first contact with Melinda Loveless since the trials. Um, she, what Melinda did was she trained dogs for, you know, for service pets or people with disabilities. And mm-hmm. she donated a dog named Angel in Shanda's name uh, for a Loveless to train for the Indiana Canine Assistance Network program. Mm. Um, sorry, it's just so sad. Um, no, it really is. It's it's the whole thing's just insane. Melinda trained dogs for the program for several years. Uh, Shanda's mom reported that she had endured criticism over the her decision, but defends it by saying, "It's my choice to make. She's my child." Talking about Shanda. And mm-hmm. if you don't let good things come from bad things, nothing gets better. And I know my child right. would want. And I know what my child would want. My child would want this. She wow. said that she donated a dog every year to honor Shanda. And, um, you know, I, I love Dr. Phil. I, I do. I love me some Dr. Phil. Well, I actually saw it on the Pluto TV channel the other day, which was insane because I was actually doing research while I was watching Dr. Phil. And, oh, wow. Uh, Shanda's mom and her younger sister came on and talked about what happened to Shanda and they came face to face to Hope Ripley Hope Ripley and Amanda Heverin wow um Hope absolutely played the victim she just stated that she was scared of Melinda and um you know she just was going along with what her friends were doing and she was so scared that she just did Mm -hmm. everything. But like, you were so scared that you took the watch off of her wrist. You were so scared that you squirted Windex on her and asked her if she looked hot now. And like, no. Yeah, maybe she, maybe at first she was scared, you know, maybe she was scared of, you know, like Melinda at first, but then, you know, maybe that's when she kind of was like, I enjoy this. And then she kind of just went ahead and did it because she wanted to. But, you know, I just, I don't believe the whole victim thing. Like, no, don't play the victim. You're not the victim. You're alive. You're sitting. It was crazy because her mom's like, do you believe that you deserve to sit in this chair right now? Because my little girl can't. It's one, it's, I just, to see that interaction is just something that I need to do, especially, you know, being a mom, like you and I, the thought of that happening to our kids is just heartbreaking. Oh my God. And Even then, more heartbreaking, more, more than heartbreaking. So yeah. to, to be able to come face to face with the person who murdered your daughter is just awful. 
Yeah, and it, it aired um, May twentieth, two thousand eleven, and like I said, uh-huh. the Heaven also came on, and <sighs> she took no blame whatsoever. I mean, granted, she wasn't the one who killed her, but her mom was like, "There is one person that killed my daughter that is not in jail." And it is because of Amanda Heaven. And which, you know, you can't you can't blame a girl that was fourteen for someone else's actions. Exactly. Yeah, I don't I personally don't feel like Amanda has any blame whatsoever. No. I mean I I, I understand feeling anger towards her because, you know, Shanda was in love with her, and then, you know, Melinda and Amanda had that whole thing going on, but it's just, I just couldn't couldn't blame Amanda for it, because she didn't do anything. Right, right. Um, she, her mom was just like, yeah, she should just left her alone, like, when all this stuff was happening, when Melinda was telling her that she was going to kill her, and this, that, the other, she should have just left, and yeah, that sounds easy as an adult, but... Right, but, you know, we've all been there. We've all been, you better leave, you know, so-and-so alone, or I'm going to hurt you because I like them, and you can't, you know, you know we've all been there. As a 14-year-old girl, so. you can't see that. You right. don't really think that your girlfriend, your ex-girlfriend's going to murder your new girlfriend. Exactly, exactly. It's you, just, you're not going to take that seriously. It's like, no way. She's not. She's just trying to scare you. Like, just like, just don't worry about her. And that's what all the girls said. All the girls were like, I didn't think she was going to do it. Like, I didn't take it seriously. And, like, that's what Hope was saying. Like, no, I didn't take her seriously. And then she's like, so. He's like, so when she, when you poured the gasoline on her, you didn't think it was serious then? Or, like... I mean, it was just, I could see it from both ways. I mean, as an adult, yes, absolutely, that should have happened. But as children, like, you just, it's, they're children. They're teenagers. They don't know. Their brains are not fully formed. But um, Amanda Heverin said that she took no blame and said that uh, Shanda came on to her and that she lost a lot when Shanda died. Um, she got kicked off the basketball team. She lost her basketball scholarship. And she was mad that people were calling her a child molester. Mm-hmm. Which, you can't be a child molester when you're 14. I'm sorry. Right. You just can't. Like, okay, I could see, like, a 14-year-old messing with, like, a 5-year-old. Yeah, of course. Child. Right. That's completely but, different than like, a they're only two. They're only two ages apart. Like, come on, you can't. You can't put that pressure on a fourteen-year-old. You just can't, and it's totally unfair. And like, yeah, maybe she should have like told her to fuck off, and you know dealt with Melinda herself but she didn't know any better yeah you can't blame her you can't it's crazy but definitely watch the Dr. Phil episode it was full of spicy drama and I enjoy I love Dr. Phil (laughs) yeah me too watch Dr. Phil there's a Dr. Phil channel on Pluto TV, and you can watch it all day. No, don't tell me that. <laughs> there is. You watch it all you're day. watching Dr. Phil all day. All day. Dr. Phil and Bar Rescue. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I just, you know, this is such a crazy case. Yeah. Like a, it it kind of reminds me of, I think it was uh, the Skyler case that we, we did. Yeah. I think yes. it was Skylar where, you know, they killed her and her they friend. left her on the, the property. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that's what it was, uh, reminded me of that one. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's 
I just, I can't imagine girls are nuts. what goes through people's heads when they're like, oh yeah, I'm going to kill this person. Like, you know, I've, I've been angry and I've been so upset, but I've never been that angry and upset where I could just kill want to kill somebody. No. Right. I mean, and that's not a, that's not a way that, that people deal with things. That's not okay. Child or it's not a normal response. I feel. No, child or adult, but all of them had issues. All of right, them right. were just so beaten angry. and angry and just had so much psychological stuff between them. It's so yeah. sad. It's sad. I think I read somewhere that all of them together had more uh, prescriptions than a pharmacy. Jesus Christ. I mean, not at the time of the, you know, murder, but just in general. After? They, yeah, like, they just had, like, at the time of the murder, they were taking, you know, every morning their prescriptions, you know, for bipolar or well, whatever the case was, depression or anxiety mm-hmm. or they just had, they were all on medications and they had a lot of them. It's fucking nuts. They all had their problems. I mean, being a teenager one just sucks. Like, you just have all of this emotion for no reason. Like, for nothing. Right, and you, and you, you struggle to, to deal with it because you really don't know how to, how to cope Right. And, you know, the whole time you were telling me the story and you were saying, like, they would go in the trunk and she'd be screaming. And, you know, she's like you can really see she's, like, fighting for her life here. I was really having some hope that she would survive this. Well, if she survived uh, this, it definitely would not be on my podcast. But it's, yeah. It's, it's so sad. Like, just... 12 years old. Little girl. She was gorgeous. I'm going to send you a picture later. But she was just. I mean she didn't look 12. She was. Mm -hmm. So pretty. But. I just. (sighs) I have absolutely. No way to end this. So. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> There's no outro here. It was no, such a sad story. It's so sad, it really is. Right, because like you know, when you're done with like the whole podcast, it's just like you're like just sitting there thinking about, wow, like this really, you know, I it's do. like a story to to us when we're hearing it, but it's like it, it really, really it happened. truly happened, and it's sort of real event, and it's just hard to really understand that sometimes because like how can something this horrible actually truly happen how can people be this awful so it's just it's awful all right well i'll let you go but thank you so much for doing this with me you're welcome. Thank you for having me back on here. I'm really happy to see that you're, you know, doing this again. And I also hope you and Marvel start feeling, you know, feeling better and your tests come back negative on Monday or whenever the test results come back. I know you were dying to get out of that house. Oh my God. I was in here for my birthday. <laughs> you know how fucking depressing that is? No, because like when you told me, I thought it was so funny. I showed I showed Chris the message that you sent me of your positive test. I was like, oh my god, is that a pregnancy test? And I was freaking out. I was like, oh my god, wait. And I read it. I was like, oh, COVID. I was like, oh my god, I thought she was pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like a pregnancy test, and I was no, it did for sure. Oh my god, Emily freaked. She goes, oh, my God, you're pregnant, too. Yes. Oh, my God, finally, yes. You're a part of the cult. <laughs> and I'm like, no. <laughs> Sorry. Because <laughs> even, like, before I took the COVID test, I did take a pregnancy test because I knew that something was going on with me. 
like something right right like i didn't think i was pregnant but i was just like oh my god like just in case we need to take this like something is wrong i can feel it mm-hmm. so i told her that i was going to take a pregnancy test and then i sent her the covid test <laughs> so she was freaking but thank you so much for being on seriously I, I really appreciate you making the time. No problem. I enjoy it. Can't wait to hear it. Can't wait to hear myself uh, again. That's so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. the best. Well, All right. Well, you have a great night, and I will talk to you soon, okay? Yes, yes, yes. Please talk to me soon. I'm stuck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. I hope you guys enjoyed another episode of Murder with Friends. Please rate and review. It really helps people find the podcast. And if you have it by now, please join the Facebook group, Murder with Friends. Follow us on Instagram at Murder with Friends. Send me an email, murderwithfriends at yahoo.com. Check out the website, www.murderwithfriendspodcast.com. And remember, if you're thinking about murder, talk about it with friends. Bye, guys.